are four things you need to know up front. One, while we are talking to you, we're not talking about you. Your specific situation may not apply to our general podcast analysis. Two, the info we're using came from sources we think are reliable, but their accuracy and completeness are not guaranteed, not even by the companies issuing the data. Three, you cannot rely on the past results of any investment for future performance. The past is never exactly repeated, so past results can never predict future performance with any reliability. Four, there are many kinds of risk in any investment, no matter what may or may not be guaranteed. Look closely and consult your investment, legal, and tax advisors for deeper one-on-one discussion and analysis. And here we're back again today, uh, Life Unlocked Partners. Again, we have Kyle Stowers as a guest sitting in with Connor as we talk about the many flavors of preferred stock. Why would I equate preferred stock to Baskin and Robbins? 31 different flavors or something. Everyone's got their own flavor. Yeah, it's 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 one of those things that ice cream is a one thing that can come in in many flavors and preferred stock is sort of similar. It's one security that comes in many flavors. But let's just do a quick review of what a preferred stock is. Uh, the first thing is when you look at a company's, uh, the way it finances itself, its capital structure or capital stack, uh, we would find at the very bottom is the common stock that we typically buy. That's what you have as your direct ownership in the company. Now, above that is preferred stock. It's the next layer up. Preferred stock uh, can claim ahead, has rights ahead of the common stock, but but it's behind all the loans. So if the company goes bust because it didn't pay its loan, the lenders can come in and take as much of the company as they're owed. And then the preferred stockholders can come in and take whatever's left as much as they're owed. And then whatever's left at the very end goes to the common stock. That's why oftentimes common stock is called a call option on the risk or the assets of the underlying company. So preferred stock's a way of having a little less risk than the common stock, more risk than the debt. And the way it differs from regular stock is that it has what's called a par value, uh, a value at which it's issued and is the value at which it will be bought back by the company. And that's usually set at $25. The other thing that a preferred usually has, it has a stated dividend or coupon or profit sharing rate. Uh, Usually you'll see something like 6%, 7%, and they've got to pay that every quarter. Uh, Those are sort of the basics to a preferred stock. Now, here come the flavors. <laughs> there, there. You'll sometimes see in a preferred stock something that says "come" or "non-come," and that has nothing to do with where your dirty minds might go. It's short for cumulative. Now, what mm. that means is, let's say your common stock was paying you a dividend of a dollar every three months, but something bad happened and they can't pay you the dollar. And the preferred stock that you held had the same deal. It paid you a dollar every three months, and it's a cumulative preferred stock. But this, but, but they couldn't pay you this time. The common stock will just never get that dividend. But if the preferred stock had what's called a cumulative dividend, they still owe that dividend. So when the next payment comes around, they got to pay that back dividend yeah, and the next dividend before they can pay the common stock anything at all. They have to clear the backlog. So cumulative is a very valuable feature in a preferred stock as opposed to non-cumulative, which what do you think that means, Connor, if it's non-cumulative? It's just, yeah, you just missed out, buddy. You're not getting That's it. Yeah. Tough luck, right? Sorry, you so commoner. That, that, yeah. 
So the, those are two flavors. <laughs> now, there's another flavor out there called a convertible preferred stock. Now, it doesn't mean the top goes down. What do you think it means? <laughs> I, just, I knew Connor was going right there. <laughs> uh, that you can change it to a common to stock what, or a preferred stock. Yes. Both. Well, yeah, usually it's you can change it into the common stock. Hmm. And, right. and a company would do that. Why would a company say, I'm going to make it convertible into the common? What are they trying to do? Hmm. Get out of pain, guaranteed fucking. End. Yeah, yeah, you you got it. And plus, you can also lower the coupon. So if you normally would have to pay six percent, you could say, "I'm only going to give you four percent because I'm giving you this cool other feature here that when our stock price gets above X, you can convert and make a profit." Right. Hmm. So it's a way of of lowering the cost, but also broadening out or widening out your shareholder base. Because think about that; that's the foundation of your house on which everything else sits. So you want that wide and strong, right? Yeah. Which I see why it's then a call option at that point. Yeah. Because you need that. You need it to do well for that to be fine. Yes, you do. Uh, exactly. Now there's another one that, um, uh, here's another one that, that happens, which is a lot of preferreds are what's called redeemable. In other words, there's a date called a call date at which the company could say, uh, I've had enough of this. I can do better getting money cheaper elsewhere. So you got to give it all back to me at 25 bucks. So we look at the call dates. That's another flavor. Now, if a, if a preferred is trading at 26 bucks a share and the call date's coming up in a year and you know they're getting buy back from you at 25, do you think that's relatively attractive or relatively unattractive? I would say attractive. Yeah, really? Be, you want to lose that buck uh, when they buy it back from you? <laughs> well, don't you sell it right before you know the date, don't you? Do you not? Right? So you sell it and then buy it. But, <laughs> but, but if everybody knows the date, then everybody starts marking the price toward 25 yeah. bucks because it's known. Yeah, it sounds like the company's the one that's benefiting from that. Sure does. So that's usually why you'd see me put a risky rating on a preferred trading at 26 bucks a share, unless there's something special going on. Okay. Um, and we're going to go to another flavor that, that's one of my favorites lately. It's called fixed to floating. And we see this a lot in the real estate sectors. And what it means is that the companies issued their preferred stock at a stated profit sharing rate of coupon, say 6%. But what they're also saying is that in two or three years on the call date, the first redemption date, if they don't redeem it, it's going to change to a floating rate. So now the the the, the profit sharing rate is going to be some uh, index. Uh, in this case, they're almost all what's called three-month LIBOR. We'll go over that in a second. It'll be three-month LIBOR plus something, like five percentage points. Uh, so the first thing is, what is a three-month LIBOR? Like an alien it's, baby? Right, yeah. It's not a fully matured LIBOR, right? <laughs> it's only <laughs> three months old. <laughs> I knew Man, we, we have a wavelength. Okay. No. <laughs> uh, have you heard of the three-month treasury rate or the 90-day treasury rate for U.S. interest? Okay, U.S. interest rates are usually pegged off of the 90-day treasury or the three-month treasury bill. But in Europe, they don't have treasuries. Uh, there are a lot of U.S. dollars that float around in London. And so they, they developed something called the London Interbank Borrowing Offered Rate. It's called LIBOR. Uh, and, the, and they set a rate that often tracks well with the U.S. Treasuries. And a lot of people will, will, will peg floating rate 
instruments off of LIBOR because it's easier to measure globally and there are replacements for it. So in this case, we have these preferred stocks. Is this getting complicated? Yes, you know. A little bit. <laughs> well, we'll be, we'll be, and, but you see, when they get complicated, sometimes that creates really great opportunities if you know how to analyze it. We'll get into that's why preferreds are cool. But so what happens is, uh, what will happen on the call date with these is is you'll look to what the what the three month LIBOR rate is in London. It's published all over the place. Currently, you would see it. It would quote as a 0.25. But what you have to do is you have to sort of multiply that by four or compound it, uh, which would be a slightly more complicated. And you'll find that the, the, the rate for one year is one, basically 1%. So you could see what this preferred will be if it goes to floating rate, because you could say, okay, it's going to float at LIBOR plus five percentage points. If LIBOR is one, it'll turn into a 6% security. The reason I think it's cool is that any idea what's happening in the interest rate environment right now in the world? It's going mm, up. High. It's going up. The Fed's about to raise rates between uh, three quarters to two percentage points. Start to think of what that does to these fixed to floating rate preferreds that are fairly safe uh, in the capital structure of these companies uh, when these call dates come up. They're, they're actually going to look pretty good. But today, they're trading at like $22, $23, $24. So they're trading at a discount to what they'd have to pay me to call before it goes to floating rate. Mm. There's another reason why I like these too. Like we said, you can't pay the common a dividend. So I like to buy preferreds on companies that are known for paying their common dividend uh, or real estate companies or companies that have to pay it to maintain their tax status because they can't hold on to the money. They got to pay it out. So in a raising interest rate environment, you put the company to the test. Uh, are you going to pay the extra to call it? You're going to pay me the floating rate. Either way, I'm good, right? So that's yeah. one of the ways that we look at the many flavors or flavors of preferred stocks to find good opportunities. Uh, the last thing that we're just going to cover with preferred stocks is that they can also have very different rights. The mm -hmm. most important thing to know about the rights, though, is if the company fails and they fail to pay your dividends over a certain amount of time. Typically, your group, your, your series, your class of preferreds can do things like appoint a board director, a start to liquidate the company. You know, there are many different things that you can do. Uh, generally, we avoid companies and investments where that would come into play because that's messy and expensive. We're looking for companies that are more toward the safe spectrum as we see their business. Uh, any questions on preferreds, on the many flavors of preferreds? Oh, yeah. So... Uh, it sounds like there's a lot of like risk or I guess risk management with preferred stocks. It seems like in the events of the company not doing well, that a preferred stock seems to be the better option. I'm not sure if I'm wrong well, in that. It, uh, it can be, I, it, depending on, on how you're looking at things. The, the, the one thing the preferred can't do is it's not going to get very far above 25 bucks a share. Mm -hmm. So it's really, if you think about it, it's it's kind of a the way I look at them is sort of a, a higher risk-adjusted savings account than, say, you could get by putting it into a money market today. Gotcha. Uh, and if you can get them at a discount to par and they have these cool other features, you get some extra play out of it, some extra juice uh, from the, from, that you can squeeze out of that lemon because uh, it will eventually head up toward the 25 bucks. So you, you try, to, try to snag all those features. But the one thing it won't do is you know, it won't go to the moon. 
Yeah. And a lot of our dividend paying common stocks, they can go up 10, 15, 20% a year in a good year. Just the preferreds won't. And they're yeah. also profit sharing and they're increasing their profit sharing. Of so, course, they can go down too. So that's, that's but, always but the high, risk. Higher floor, lower ceiling is what you'd say. Is that a Yep. And that's what you want from risk. Actually, yeah. from risk, you want you want a higher ceiling than you have floor so that you're tilting your risk outcomes in the right direction. In other mm. words, you would always prefer a bet where I can win two bucks and lose one buck if it's in the odds are 50%, right? Mm. I take that deal all day long. Yeah. But if it were the reverse, you'd run away from it. Yeah. That, that's what I mean by tilting the risk gotcha. and the reward. Uh, and so you can see by all these different features how you can mix and match preferreds and get many, many flavors too. Yeah. Any other questions? No. Okay. Know. Well, uh, that'll wrap our many flavored, many flavors of preferred stock. And thank you for listening. Thanks for listening. Before we go, here's a reminder. You have 30 minutes a month of one-on-one -on -one consulting to discuss your specific situation with us. We recommend you take advantage of that.